Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 21. And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God, and said, Now lettest thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation. And that's where we're going to stop right there. You can read the rest of the story if you'd like to. And so you've heard the story of the birth of Christ. And here's here's a gentleman that the Lord had made a promise to. I read some history this week about this man, and uh, from what it said, he was a, somebody that transcribed the scriptures, and he was transcribing the, some of the books of the Old Testament from the Jewish language into Greek. And when he got down to a verse in Isaiah that talked about a virgin having a child, he paused for just an instant. And then the Holy Ghost spoke to him and told him he was going to see that. And now here he is. He's an old man. He'd been working for the Lord many years. And I don't know what he looked like. I don't know how the temple looked or anything of that nature. But I know he must have been rejoicing just to see the child. I know he must have been. Now, how how was it whenever you first saw him? Did you not have joy in your heart? Preacher, I've never seen the baby Jesus. I wasn't there whenever he was born and walked on the earth. We don't see him that way. We see him through the eye of faith. How was it when you knelt and called on his name and needed salvation and you saw him through the eye of faith? Was there not joy in your heart? Was there not peace that passed all understanding? That trouble that brought you down to your knees, you were able to leave right there because you got in touch with Jesus. He said, let thy servant now depart in peace for mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Can't you just see him? When he looked up and 
He saw Mary and Joseph and the babe walk through the door of the temple. Now I want to point out something about this man. I want want to look at this for just a minute. Let's start up in verse 25. Behold, there was a man in Jerusalem. He wasn't in Assyria. He wasn't in Moab. He was in Jerusalem. If you want to see Jesus, you'll have to travel down to Jerusalem. I'm not talking about the one overseas, the one in the in the geographic country of Israel. I'm talking about the church of the living God. If you want to see Jesus, you'll have to go where He is. You'll have to go where He passes by. You'll have to go where He visits. Now listen, this was His first visit into the temple. We read where He went many, many times. And if we're going to be Christ-like, I believe we need to follow in His footsteps and I believe we need to make our way down to the temple on the Sabbath day. In other words, we need to go to church on Sunday. If that's where He's at and I want to be near Him and I want to be able to touch Him, I want to be able to hold Him and Him hold me, then I need to be where that He is. There was a man in Jerusalem. I'm here to tell you today that I believe this man... He lived church. He attended church. He thought of church. He prayed about church. He was a he was a believer, and he loved the Lord with all his heart. He was in Jerusalem. Oh, that we could be in Jerusalem, not just on Sunday morning, not just on Sunday night or Wednesday night, but on a Tuesday when a sinner comes to our mind and our heart is broken. Our mind can travel back down to Jerusalem and pray, Lord, lead that sinner down to the altar of salvation. He was in Jerusalem. I want you to notice something else about him too. Something that's repeated over and over and over. Whose name was Simeon and he was the same man was just and devout. He was a good man. He wasn't somebody that was going to beat somebody of a dollar. He wasn't somebody looking for a shortcut in life. We all know those folks. We met them. But his goal was he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Waiting for a way for Israel to be redeemed. Waiting for a way... For Israel to be justified, to be sanctified, to be redeemed. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Men are looking everywhere and everything today. Oh, that they would look to the baby Jesus. Oh, that they would look to that child born in Bethlehem of Judea and look further than that, Bobby. Not just look at the manger. Look at the cross. Look at the grave. Look at Jesus. Amen. I want you to notice something about him. He was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And notice the last line in verse 25. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. This stuff cannot please God. This flesh cannot please God. Did you know it? 
in here, what's between our ears cannot please God. It takes the Holy Ghost. Let's read on about this fellow, Simeon. Let's see what it was. In verse 26, and it was revealed unto him, how? By the Holy Ghost. It wasn't revealed to him through a senior priest. It wasn't revealed to him through a Pharisee or a Sadducee. It was revealed to him by the Holy Ghost. Let's read on. Apparently this must be something very important. Would you agree? It was revealed to him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Verse 27, how did Simeon react? And he came, how? By the Spirit into the temple. We're worried about everything. Worried about getting this in right and worried about this and that and the other. How about the Spirit? Are we worried about having it in our life? Are we worried? Because listen, I can shake your hand. I can say Merry Christmas. I can say I love you. But nothing I say is going to affect you until the power of God is in my life. And whenever I can feel the power of God moving and the Lord will give me just a little bit to say, it might be just I'm glad I'm saved. But if I can say that in the Spirit, it'll affect your life. It'll bless you. It will help you. I'm telling you, we can't have church unless we have the Spirit. Amen. He came. How'd you come? How'd I come? Simeon came by the Spirit into the temple. In other words, he brought it with him. I brought Christmas cards. I brought my Bible. Did I bring the Spirit? How about you? What'd you bring this morning? He came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus, I could just see his eyes lighten up. I could just see him raise the hand. I could just, you know what, we're, we're, we're neck deep in tradition. We need to praise the Lord. Amen. We need to thank Him. We need to thank God that He sent His only begotten Son for sinners like you and I. We need to thank Him that He considered our lowest state. I read where Mary said whenever she conceived Him, I believe it's over in Matthew, she said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, for He's considered the lowest state of His handmaid. From henceforth, all generations shall call me blessed. I can take Mary's words. I can apply them to my life. He's considered the lowest state of a wretched sinner like me. From henceforth, all generations shall call me blessed. Why? Because I'm a part of the church of the living God, the very ones He came to redeem. All generations shall call me blessed. Can't you just see him lighten up? Can't you just see big tears rolling down his face? Can't you just see him lifting his hands and shouting glory? Because he'd got to see 
it goes farther, it gets better. <laughs> he just didn't get to see him. Verse 28. And then took him up in his arms. He got to touch him. He got to do more. They just touched the hip of his garment. He got to hold him in his arms. What a blessing! To get to hold the Christ child in his arms. Let me relay a little something to you. If you've been saved by the grace of God, you hold him as well. You've got him in here. He's on the inside. He's in your soul. I'm glad I get to hold him. And I'm glad he wraps his arms around me and holds me too. It don't matter what you're going through. If you belong to him, you're one of his. And he's still got his big hand on you. He's still in control of you. You can't escape him. You're his. I could... My dad passed away August the 18th a year ago. I think about him every day. I guess in some ways, I'd call him my best friend. I didn't have to voice a lot of things to him. We kind of thought alike. But if he did something to offend me, I could have run up to the courthouse and made a petition, changed my life's name, my surname, called myself something else, never darkened the door over there of their home, never picked up the phone to call him, and pretended he was no longer a part of my life. But inside of me, if you took a sample of my blood... If you ran my DNA, I'd still belong to him. I don't care how far away you've gotten from the Lord. I don't care how long it's been since you bowed on your knees and said, Lord, help me. I don't care how long it's been since you've darkened the door of the church. If you ask the Lord to be your Savior, He still loves you. He's still got His hand over your life. And He's got mercy and grace for you. He's still waiting. He's got those arms spread. He wants to wrap them around you. Why don't you reach out and touch Him today before it's too late? Can't you just imagine Simeon and the glory that was on him, the grace that was on him, the power that he, that he had in his life yeah. just to be able to hold that baby 
See, God made him a promise, and God keeps his promises. You may be here and feel like you're all alone. I believe it's number 81 in the Green Book. We used to sing it up at Round Mountain. I'm never alone. I'm never alone. You may not be familiar with that one. How about this one? No others would be lonely when all my friends are gone. Preacher, that's not a Christmas song. It is to me. I have somebody with me. This baby you heard read about, I have him with me, Rick. He, he touches me every once in a while. I feel his presence, that peace that comes on the inside, that joy. I have him. Oh, don't you want him? It'd be a good time to call on him and ask him to be our Savior. It's not too late for salvation. The only time that it's too late to be saved is when you close your eyes in death. That heart stops. Those lungs quit breathing in air. And then it's too late. But you're here this morning. And he's here this morning. Why don't you call on him and ask him to come into your heart? Oh, that story preacher about the baby. I love that. I believe that part. Well, believe this. He paid the price for your sin at Calvary. He didn't stay in a manger. He went to a cross and he took your sin with him and it's covered in his blood. All you've got to do is ask him to be your Savior. Appreciate the Lord helping us for a minute or two. Then took he him up, in verse 28, in his arms and blessed God. I can't leave that yet. I don't, I know we have a lot of children that don't receive the encouragement that don't receive the nurturing, that don't receive the training. And I've seen them, and you have too, and I'm not just going to put this off on children. I've seen grown adults do it as well. They make a trip to the altar, and then they get right back up, and they walk right back out. They make a profession. They confess that they asked him into their heart, but they walk right back out. And their life doesn't change. They walk right back out and when the church bell rings for the next service and the doors are open, you don't see them again and again and again and again. When Simeon got to hold the Lord, he blessed God. I like the little song, Rick. It says, thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation, so rich and free. How long has it been since you blessed the Lord and said thank you for my salvation? Amen. 
Does it not irritate you when you, here we are, oh, it's Christmas time. You've already bought it, haven't you? You've already wrapped it. You spent minutes, hours trying to pick out just the right thing. And you're going to give it to somebody here in the next week or two. Have you ever had somebody open it and snarl their nose? Have you ever had somebody open it and instead of a smile, it was a frown? They wouldn't say thank you. We were taught to be polite, and even if it was something that we didn't need or we didn't want, we were taught to say thank you. The greatest gift ever given. And it was extended to you. Have you said thank you? Have you blessed the Lord? Have you praised Him for considering the likes of you and I? Who are we? We're not of the Jewish race. Who are we? We're not great. Who are we? We're not righteous. Who are we? We're just sinners. We are the wretched. And yet the Lord extended mercy and grace and eternal salvation to sinners like you and I. We should be praising Him and thanking Him for the greatest gift ever given to humanity. <clears throat> Verse 29, Lord, now let us thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation. I'm ready to go, Lord. I'm ready. Mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Simeon was ready. Are you? Let me relay this to you, friend. We're not guaranteed another day. The Bible says, No man knoweth the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man cometh. In other words, it could be today. He could call me today. He could call you today. Are you ready to depart in peace? If this was your last day, if this was it, if this was all there was, would you be ready to die? What's Job say? For it's appointed unto man. Wants to die. You have an appointment. You won't call and cancel. You won't call and postpone. You won't call and reschedule. When your time comes to die, you will die. Period. If it's today, are you ready to depart in peace? Or is that fear inside of you going well up? Is the reality of hell going to strike you? And you know down deep in your heart, you're not ready to depart. Simeon was ready to depart 
He had held the salvation of God in his arms. That's all he needed. Friend, that's all you need. That's all you need. You need Jesus. I know the name George Bush. I know the name Donald Trump. I know the name Joe Biden. They have no idea who I am. Never met me. Never spoke to me. Never shook my hand. You may have superstars that you admire. You may know who they are, but if, they, if your name was mentioned to them, they'd have no clue. But I'm here to tell you today, if you could just get in touch with Jesus, if you could call His name, best thing I ever did was to call His name out. If you could reach out and touch Him, if you could call His name, if you could be in His presence, He'd know exactly who you are. And let me tell you this, He does more than that. He calls you. Did you know that? The Holy Ghost, the power of God, will knock on your heart. Lord, help me to preach this. I'm going to preach old time conviction. When the Lord comes by and you realize your laws, and if you were to die, you might wake up in hell. That's the Holy Ghost of God moving on you. He's trying to warn you that you need to get in touch with Jesus. It will not do me any good to tell you you're okay. Amen? Your mama, your daddy... Your grandma or your grandpa cannot tell you you're going to heaven. They, they can't tell you. They can't look at you and tell you you're saved. Simeon could have got a hold of Joseph's hand and shook it and hugged his neck and that wouldn't have done a bit of good. He could have shook Mary's hand and said, Hi, how are you? And I know we've got a religion that prays to Mary. They're praying to the wrong one. They need to pray to the one that Mary held in her arms. <laughs> there you go. I know that's not popular, but there you go. Jesus, that baby Jesus, He came for you. He came because of those things in your life that you feel guilty over. He came because of those things in your life that you know are wrong and they're convicting you. You feel bad about there's only one way to get rid of that guilt. There's only one way to get rid of that shame. And that's to meet the baby Jesus. Lord help me. Autumn was talking to me between Sunday school and the service this morning about my grandbaby. And she was talking about how it would be wonderful if the baby could be right here at Dutch Bottoms. Yes, it would. But we have one greater. He's in our midst right now. His name is Jesus. Amen. Preacher, I want to see him. You will. I'd like to see him when he was a baby. Let me tell you when you're going to see him. You're going to see him when he comes back. And he'll be the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords.
to the glory of God the Father. And I've heard people say, I don't believe that junk. I've heard people say, I don't, I don't believe that old junk. You will. When you see him on the clouds, it is power and it is glory. The Bible says every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. I was so stupid and ignorant, Bobby. This little old eight-year-old boy. But the smartest thing I ever did was get down on my knees and say, Jesus, would you save me? I got down on my knees. My tongue confessed that he was my Savior. And these atheists, they'll do the same thing. The agnostics that says there is no such thing as a God, they'll hit their knees and they'll proclaim Him King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. you're not ready to leave this world if you don't know Jesus and He doesn't know you. Let me relay some more scripture to you. I won't be much longer. This is what the Bible says. It said there'd be many come and say, we've cast out demons in thy name and done many wonderful works in thy name. I don't read where it says they were adulterers or he pointed out they were adulterers. I don't read where he pointed out their sins, where he pointed out their wrongdoings. This is the only delineation. This is the only difference that he made. He said, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Here's the line right here. I never knew you. Do you know my Jesus? Do you know my friend? I'm glad I got to hold him. I'm glad he holds me. Do you know he loves you and that he will abide till the end. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. What would you know about Israel if you didn't know that the Savior was born over there? It'd just be another country, wouldn't it? It'd just be another group of people. But you see, that's the glory of Israel. That the Savior was born over there. Amen. A light to light the Gentiles. He came to his own. And his own received them not, waiting for the consolation of Israel. But to them who received him, to them, that's us, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. If this is it, I'm painting, I printed the words out to your song. 
I have every intention of being right here tonight to do anything I can to help. You may have intentions of gathering next Saturday with your family and your loved ones for Christmas and opening up the presents. That may be your plans. This may be it. I may not be here. You may not be there around the Christmas tree on Christmas Day. The Lord may appoint a time for you to depart. Are you ready? Could you depart in peace? If you knew you were dying and this was it, would you be ready? Listen, friend. I've watched people leave this world. It's not something that I look forward to. I've heard them, John, and they breathe and their breath rattles and they struggle from one breath to the next. And even good godly folks that I know gave a testimony of salvation. I've seen them struggle in that final hour. Wouldn't it be awful to have to go through that and lift your eyes in hell? Yet there'll be some folks do that because they've never touched Jesus. That's right. They've never asked him to be their savior. You need to be more than just somebody who knows who he is. You need to be his friend. You need to know him. You need that. It's one thing to know of somebody. They can speak words at you. It's another thing to be a friend. Here's one of my friends. I'm sorry, Bobby, to have to pick on you all the time. It's all right. But I can talk to him, and guess what he does in return? He talks to me. Yeah. That's the same way with my friend Jesus. Yeah. Amen. When I'm broke at heart, and when I don't know where to go or what else to do, he's dying to them that are of a broken heart. I can ask him for some for some peace. I can ask him for what I need. And he said he'd supply my every need. Yes, he did. George Bush would give me the time of day. Donald Trump would give me the time of day. Joe Biden would give me the time of day. But Jesus gave me eternal salvation. That's a real better do more than just know of his name. You better know him as your friend. You better know him as your savior. I tell you what it'll do. It'll make you rejoice. I tell you what it'll do. It'll change you from the inside out. We've got just a few minutes. You all aren't going to starve. We had a young man one time come into church. It wasn't here. He didn't look like the folks at our church. His hair was all the way down to his waist. He wasn't a teenager. He's a grown man. He's probably 35, 40 years old. 
had an earring in his ear. And some of the good women of the church approached the pastor to let him know that he needed to preach on long hair. And he told the good women of the church, when the Lord gives that to me to preach, I'll preach it. So the young man, I call him young, 30's young to me now. So the young man, 35, something like that, and his wife began attending church, and next thing you know, they were coming every Sunday. No change on the outside. He still had his ponytail. He still had his earring. But one Sunday morning, the preacher was preaching, and the power of God was in the church. Tears rolling down the saints' faces. And he came from way back there in the back and walked a real steady pace right down the aisle and nailed on the altar. And Jesus saved him. He got up. After the prayer, he said, Jesus saved me. And he said, I know. Some of you may not like the way I look. He said, I, I let my hair grow and I cut it off once a year and I give it to locks of love. How's that, you little church biddies? <laughs> he didn't say that, but I thought that. <laughs> because the preacher didn't jump to conclusions, because the preacher didn't get up and point his fingers at the sinner man's faults, he got saved. The preacher resigned a few years later. The church has changed over the years. And I'm talking, this must have been 35 or 40 years ago. I went to that church recently. You know who met me? That same man. His hair was cut about like Chuck's. He had the biggest smile on his face. He shook my head. He hugged my neck and said, Brother Mike, it's good to see you. That's real salvation. When you change it from the inside out. You see, friend, it's what's in here and whether or not you've touched Jesus that makes a difference. I'm not going to lie to you. I can stand right here and tell you everybody that's sick today, tell you everybody that's not here. I know where folks sit. Whether or not I get to see them, whether or not I get to shake their hand or hug their neck is irrelevant. It's whether or not they know Jesus and he knows them. Simeon rejoiced because he got to hold Jesus in his arms. But just because he was in his presence, just because God had considered him and give him the opportunity to be in the presence of the Savior. Because he knew what that baby represented. Like Lisa and Becky put her tree together, it's beautiful. And they did a wonderful job. But it's not about the Christmas tree. 
I know Jenna and Tavia and Jacob and all this, Nate, and all these youngsters, girls and boys, will be excited we, this coming Saturday morning. But young folks, it's not about what you're going to unwrap that's under that tree. And us older folks will look forward to taking the plate and filling it up and eating. But it's not what we can put in our bellies. Life is more than meat. It's all about Jesus. So I'm going to close, but I want to challenge you. I want to charge you to do this. We've got almost a full week between this moment and Saturday morning. When you get a little time and it's just you, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to thank the Lord that you know Him as your Savior, that He extended mercy and grace personally to you so that you could be redeemed. Who else could have done what he did for you? You ought to thank the Lord that he sent his son to be our savior. It's wonderful to be saved. It is. If you've never been there, I highly recommend it. Let thy servant now depart in peace. I don't know how I'll go. Might be heart attack. Might be cancer. Might get run over by a car, truck. I don't know. Might be when I look up and I see him. And there he is. But however it comes... I'm ready to depart in peace. Because yes. I saw one night as a eight-year-old boy his salvation. This made all the difference in my life. God's blessed us. Got a good family, a good wife, good home. Three wonderful boys and three wonderful daughter-in-laws. And a grandchild, parents that raised us right and taught us right and showed us that we needed to love the Lord and stay in church and do the best we know how to do. Yeah. All that pales in comparison to what I got when I saw his salvation. All that pales in comparison to what I got when I asked Jesus to save me. You may love your mom and dad, your mama and papa with all your heart. You'll never know what real love is until you know Jesus. Let thy servant now depart in peace, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Marquita, could you play just a verse? I really appreciate Marquita and her family. The Lord's helped me for a few minutes. I want to give you the opportunity, if he's knocked at your heart this morning, to come and ask him to be your Savior.
I want to give you the opportunity, if it's been a while since you just said thank you, Lord, for my salvation, and you'd like to talk to him for a minute, I want to give you the opportunity to come.